We're recapping a very busy Wednesday afternoon at the New York Giants as they went through the second day of a voluntary minicamp. And as we heard from General Manager Joe Shane, I've got all the details for you coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. I am Patricia Trada. Happy to have you with us on this Thursday. And as always, folks, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And speaking of YouTube, thank you, everybody. We've hit 3,000 subscribers, only 2,000 more to go before I have that big giveaway that I'm planning for you guys. So, Let's keep it going, please. The more subscribers, the better. The more, the merrier. And of course, always I'm here for you with your questions, your comments, and not just over on YouTube too, but also whatever uh, audio platform you might be using to get the Locked on Giants podcast. So appreciate you. On today's show, I have some observations, some takeaways from the Wednesday media access. Now, uh, for those who didn't know, um, the media was granted access to day two of the Giants' voluntary mini camp that they're running this week. This is an extra mini camp that the CBA allows all new head coaches to hold. So we did have uh, access to the entire practice. We were able to um, shoot some film of and some stills of most of the practice. We weren't able to shoot of the. Um, the actual, you know, like seven on seven, 11 on 11 stuff. But uh, I was able to get some takeaways and I'll share those with you. And uh, also Joe Shane, the general manager, spoke to the media. We heard from Brian Dable. We heard from several players. So I've got all that for you. I wrote everything down, organized it. And that's what I'm going to talk about on today's show. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, also, uh, as an FYI, if anyone is interested in seeing some of the still shots or some of the video. I'm going to post some of that stuff over on my Instagram account. You can find that um, at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. So that is my Instagram account. If you would like to go and check that out, I'm going to be probably posting that stuff um, throughout the day on uh, on Thursday. I didn't get a chance to do it Wednesday night because just so much going on. And uh, only so many hours in the day. So anyway, let's get right into everything. All right. So overall, I want to talk about the vibe at uh, the Giants. Now, you know, this is what the fourth different coaching staff since Tom Coughlin retired after the 2015 season. Um, And each year, I know I've, I've said this. I said, oh, there's a new vibe. There's a new sense of, you know of urgency, a new sense of energy, and so on and so forth. And the players have said the same thing as well. And, you know, I want to, I don't necessarily want to compare Brian Dable with, you know, Ben McAdoo or Pat Shermer. 
I think it's only fair to go back and maybe look at the prior regime, which is Joe Judge's regime. And I felt there was energy, you know, when, when Joe Judge came in, but there's there was a bit of a difference. And I want to talk a little bit about that difference here, because this is what I'm picking up from the players that spoke. Brian Dable is a little bit more relaxed than Joe Judge was. Joe Judge, as nice of a guy as he was, and as I think player friendly as he was, um, he still had a lot of Bill Belichick, Nick Saban in him, because that's how he was quote unquote raised. So um, Brian Dable is more laid back, and and uh, Xavier McKinney, who didn't speak to the media, but he did speak to the to the New York Post. And he told a story of how he was FaceTiming with Brian Dable. And Dable was sitting there smoking a cigar. All right. So now can you picture this? You're sitting there, you're talking to your head coach, and he's sitting there. Maybe his feet are up. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, if that were the case. But he's smoking a cigar. All right. That's that's kind of, you know, chill if you ask me. So um, the other thing, uh, other stuff, information I've been able to ascertain um, from, you know, kind of talking to the players and also keeping an eye out on social media is the return of the ping pong table. Now, the ping pong table was very popular in Pat Shermer's regime. You know, he, he kind of made the locker room to feel like, you know, a place where the players can unwind, relax, and so on and so forth. That went away under Joe Judge. Joe Judge got rid of all that and turned it back into a... Um, like an office atmosphere, which is kind of the approach Tom Coffin used to take. And um, based on an Instagram post that Tate Crowder posted a few weeks back, you could see that the ping pong table was back. So basically, I think what Brian Dable is trying to do is he's trying to allow for these players to build camaraderie. And what better way to do it than to, you know, have teammates challenge each other to a ping pong game or whatnot, um, play cards, whatever it is. Now, there's pros and there's cons to that. And the cons obviously are if you're not winning, then that stuff's got to go. You know, you've got to say, okay, look, we're play we're wasting too much time messing around here. We're not working hard enough. Maybe we've got to remove that distraction. If they're winning, hey, you know, more power to them for, for having sort of like a little bit of a, a relaxation type of uh, or, or a recreational type of atmosphere. Me personally, I'm not a fan of that type of atmosphere. I don't like it because, you know, it's work. And I think there are other ways that, that players can have fun and that, that they can build camaraderie and whatnot. I don't know that, you know, putting games into the locker room is the way to do it, but that's just my opinion. You might disagree, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But, um, you know, the players, they just feel that, you know, there's energy. You know, Dable is very laid back, as I said. That doesn't mean that he's a slacker or he's not taking this seriously or he doesn't recognize the magnitude of what he has taken on. He recognizes all that, but he's also not so wound up to where, you know, he's got players and coaches walking on eggshells. And that, to me, is the biggest difference from what I was able to gather from, you know, my observations and also from what I was hearing from the players. There are other little things, you know. I, I know a lot of you are going to probably ask me, what about the practices? How, how are the practices different? 
And there were a few things that were different, and I'll talk about them real quick. Um, one of the things uh, I noticed, and, and this could be, you know, because it's it's um, voluntary and it's still the off season, and you know the roster isn't set, guys. You know the depth charts that you might have read about. You know, don't pay any attention to those folks because those are going to change. But uh, one change that I noticed is that the Giants they have like this big uh, scoreboard that they they got under Joe Judge. It's kind of like think like a high school scoreboard, and they moved it to closer to the field house and they had like the the clock count down for each practice session um and i think the purpose of that was to help the players you know get into a rhythm to know okay at at this point go here at this point go there and it corresponded with the change in the periods in each practice session so maybe that's what that was all about um another thing that kind of jumped out at me was the use of music now in the past the players would get their you know their music choice or whatever that would play during warm-ups but then what would happen is the music would get turned down when they went into individual drills and then turned off when they went into team drills with dable music was was kept on um, throughout, with the exception of the seven on seven and then the two, the eleven on eleven stuff, that's when they kind of muted it, if you will. But uh, the music was still going strong, so uh, maybe again to keep guys loose, to keep them relaxed, um, or maybe you know that's just a sign of things to come. I mean, the music to me never bothered me, but you, again, if the team is winning, that's fine. If they're not winning, then you might want to re-examine that. Uh, one other thing that I, I will comment on, and I don't know if this matters any, but I'll just mention it real quick. Post-practice stretching has returned. All right. Now under Joe Judge, again, sometimes he would have the guys run sprints, but a lot of times once practice was over, the guys would gather at the middle of the field into a huddle. The huddle would be broken down by somebody and then they would go back to the locker room. I saw some post-practice stretching, all right? And I was happy to see that because when you're running around and, and, and engaging in activity, to suddenly stop and not do some stretching, I've heard, you know, I've, I've had trainers tell me that that's really not the way to go. So just little things like that. Now, whether that cuts down on you know, hamstrings or sore muscles or anything like that, that remains to be seen. But I thought that was interesting as well. Now, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the practice itself, some of the um, the concepts. I, I can't go into too much detail because of media rules, but I could talk in generalities. So I will talk a little bit about that. I'll also talk about the main stories. All that's coming up in just a moment. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, this Mother's Day, give mom something special she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Sports listeners get $50 off 500 This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day, so make sure you use that code LOCKEDON at BlueNile.com. No matter what you're looking for, whether it be a ring, an earrings, a necklace, a bracelet, or whatever, Blue Nile has it, and there's always something special 
So you're sure to find something to celebrate that special event with that special someone in your life. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what is inside. So shop stress-free at BlueNile.com and find your forever piece. Again, that's BlueNile.com and that promo code is locked on to save $50 off your order of $500 or more. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trana, and I am recapping day two of the Giants voluntary minicamp program, which is uh, going on through today, Thursday. I think that will be the last day. And then the players, I believe next week will be off as the team gets ready for the draft on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So um, just giving you some general impressions, um, talking about some of the storylines. Now, I spoke in the last segment, I said I would tell you a little bit about some of the concepts that I saw in offense and defense. Again, I can't get into specifics. And also remember, they didn't really go into the deep installs yet. They're not going to really until they have their roster complete. And that means getting the draft picks in here and whatnot. But there were some basics you could see. And uh, I'm going to start with the defense. Uh, Wink Martindale has some very creative um, looks for pressure packages with his defense. And uh, one of them that I will comment on is the amoeba concept. Now, if you're not familiar with what the amoeba concept is, basically that's just a group of defensive linemen like the front seven kind of standing around milling around you don't know who's gonna stunt you don't know who's gonna drop back into coverage you don't know who's gonna come and and rush the passer it's it it creates a guessing game for the offense and it really necessitates the offense studying and reading keys and really paying attention to like body lean and all kinds of stuff so we saw a few of those. We saw a few different, you know, alignments. Um, Ellerson Smith, um, who we really didn't get a feel for what kind of player he was last year because of the injury and the limited snaps he got. But he was working as a defensive end with his hand in the ground as well as a stand-up linebacker. So you saw a bunch of guys moving around. And I asked Coach Dable about position uh, versatility and whatnot. And he said that that's going to come, you know, ultimately they're going to experiment with moving guys around to different positions to try and get the most out of them. So the days of one guy doing one thing, pretty much you're not going to see that with this coaching staff. They want to get everybody to move around because the more they can do, the better and, and the more creative that the coaching staff can be with their game plans. Now, offensively, I saw several different route concept combinations, which were intriguing. Again, I can't go into all of them, but I will comment about Saquon Barkley and and his deployment. Um, This staff had him running a wheel route, which I was happy to see because Barkley wins that route every time in practice. And by the way, Barkley looked good. I thought he he was running well. He didn't look hesitant. And, you know, he spoke after the practice about how he felt better, how he was, how he's been able to train the way he wants to, and just how every, you know, he's, he's looking forward to having a big year this year, which is a contract year for him. And I know, you know, a lot of you are like, okay, yeah, we've been hearing this every year. So just show me, but you know, 
right now I can only tell you what I saw. And what I saw was a very confident Saquon who's really pretty much determined to, to have the breakout year that he was trying to have in year two. Um, only to lose that due to the, you know, to, to some injuries. And then, of course, the ACL the following year, uh, which which robbed them of an, almost an entire season. So you saw things like wheel routes. You saw some hooks, some outs, uh, slants, you know, just different combinations. And um, the best way I can describe it is if you remember what Jason Garrett ran with stick routes, you, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of, I, I, I don't think in any way, you saw a lot of deep routes and stuff like that. You're seeing more deep routes early on from this particular um, offense that's being installed by Mike Kafka and Brian Dable. And by the way, Kafka uh, was calling the plays for the, uh, for the offense. Brian Dable said that they're going to continue to kind of experiment to see how comfortable Kafka is at doing that. It's a role he's never done before, but um, Dable hasn't made a decision as to who's going to call the plays. I think he's going to kind of give Kafka the entire spring and maybe the preseason to see how he does. So that's where that stands right now. But um, yeah, the whole offensive uh, scheme, you know, a lot of different looks that I think once Giant fans, uh, once you see, you're going to say, gosh, where have these been all our, you know, the last several years? Because they do create mismatches. They do create separation for the receivers. Um, I'm, I was very, very, you know, excited to see it. And I'm, I can't wait to see more. I really can't. I know this is the early part of the install, but I can't wait to see more with this. So um, it's going to be interesting for sure. Okay, what else can I tell you about the offense? Kenny Galladay seems to really like what he's what he's seen so far. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Kenny Galladay. Um, last year, as we all know, not a good year for Galladay between the injuries, between the lack of production, just a forgettable year for him. But what a difference a year has made. You know, Galladay is, is rejuvenated. He's um, committed to making this work. And he's also encouraged because apparently this offensive system has some concepts almost similar to what Buffalo ran up uh, up there for uh, Stefan Diggs. And that has Galladay excited. And one of the things I noticed about Galladay was um, I remember how last year, whenever he came out to speak to the media, the body language of him, by him, shoulders were slumped, he was tense the tone of his voice, the length of his answers. It just seemed like the life was sucked out of him. And this time around, it was like he had a, a new person. It was like a new person. There was pep in his step. Um, his answers were a little bit more um, lengthy. Um, he, he was excited. He was legitimately excited. He was relaxed. And he was looking forward to learning more and more about this offense. So you can tell that he is, you know, on board with what they're installing. He's excited. And that's half the battle right there. Because look, if a player buys into a system, he's going to embrace it. He's going to make it his own. And he's going to excel in it. And I think Kenny Galladay, you know, for, for the money that's invested in him, my hope is that we will see the best of Kenny Galladay this year. If he stays healthy, 
I think we will see a much different Kenny Galladay than we saw last year. And uh, I think people will be generally pleased, to, you know, overall. All right, Giant fans, we've got more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, BetOnline.net is the only place that offers the best information on the latest odds, contests, and player props for all your sports betting needs. No matter what sport you're into, BetOnline has you covered. Plus, they offer everything you need to know for live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head on over to BetOnline.net today to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trena, and we're recapping the main storylines from Wednesday. And by the way, I, I'm not going to cover Joe Shane and what he had to say on this particular show, but I will have coverage of that over on Giants Country. And depending on what I end up doing for tomorrow's show, I might talk about that a little bit, give you some interpretations. I basically need to digest that a little bit more. Just kind of a crazy day on Wednesday when I tape this. Plus, you know, don't tell anybody, but I snuck away for a couple of hours. It was my birthday after all. And I worked on my birthday, not complaining, but, you know, look, even I'm entitled to enjoy a couple of hours of my birthday, right? So anyway, um, I want to talk now about the Kadarius Tony situation. Kadarius Tony, one of several players who did not show up for the um, the program, voluntary, by the way, I want to stress that word again, but um, there was a media report that several guys didn't show up, but Tony is the only guy, from what I can gather, who has not put in an appearance at all at the uh, off-season conditioning program, and as a result, he has not gotten his playbook. Now, look, here's the thing. I know it's voluntary. I know Tony has a right to say, okay, look, I got other stuff going on that I need to attend to, so I can't be there. Now, me speaking, you know, this is just me talking. If it were my job and I would be paid millions of dollars, whatever else I had going on, unless it was, you know, a sick family member or the birth of a child or some kind of life-changing event, I'd put on hold whatever I had going on and I would get my butt into work even if it was voluntary. But that's me. I'm a little older than uh, than than Kadarius Tony. Maybe, and I'd like to think maybe, you know, a little bit more in touch with, with stuff. But anyway, um, whatever Kadarius Tony has going on, obviously it's a personal decision. I did try to reach his agent to kind of get a statement, you know, even if it was just you know, he's got stuff going on, but he doesn't tend to be there for the for the OTAs or something. But unfortunately, the agent was traveling and I didn't hear back from him by the time I had to, you know, tape this podcast. But um, here's the thing, folks. Yes, it's voluntary. Yes, it's early. And I know some of you are going to say, well, who cares if he's not there? As long as he comes in and he balls out, is anybody going to really care? Probably not. But... It's the optics of the situation, all right? Kadarius Tony is coming off of a rough rookie season. Not all of it was his fault, okay? He didn't ask to get COVID twice. He didn't ask to get injured. Um, the performance, you know, was he deployed correctly? You can argue that he was or he wasn't. It doesn't matter. But, you know, you can't keep making all excuses for him. At some point, 
um, Tony needs to take accountability for how his season went. All right. And to not come in, at least to get your playbook so you could start studying, even if you just, you know, pop in, pick the darn thing up, sit through a meeting or two, you know, and start learning stuff. This is going to be a brand new offense with different concepts, different route concepts. And while people say, well, no big deal, you know, a receiver can pick this stuff up later. It's nice to know, you know, to kind of get in from the bottom, you know, the ground floor up, you know, what is the reasoning behind the concept? How does, you know, the route that you're being asked to run work off the route that, say, the running back is being asked to run? So these are little nuances that I think if a player fully understands, they can perform better and the offense can click quicker. And, you know, again, this could be temporary. I mean, uh, we don't know. Maybe maybe Tony's going to show up tomorrow. Maybe he shows up, you know, when the team reconvenes after the draft. I don't know. But the optics, folks, is not very good. I mean, let's let's call it for what it is. The optics are not very good. I hope whatever he's got going on, it's nothing serious. But uh, again, you know, this is your job. And, and I know... Again, you're not, you know, it's voluntary, but, you know, there's, it's your job, you know, why wouldn't you want to come in? Why wouldn't you want to build camaraderie with your teammates? Get to know your coaches, how they think, you know, get to get a, get a head start. I mean, that's what this program is there for. You don't have to be there every day, but at least come in and, 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 you know, make a cameo. And to my knowledge, Kadarius Tony hasn't done it. I and you know I, I'm really trying here. I, I think you could tell I'm struggling here with this. Uh, I'm trying not to judge the kid. I really don't mean to judge him, but to say that I'm not disappointed, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. It, it's it's I'm baffled by the decision, and I hope that you know come the OTAs he's there every day. And, uh, we're, you know, we can look back on this and laugh at how, you know, silly I looked <laughs> being concerned. So we'll see. I mean, it, but it, but it is a, it was a big story, obviously today, um, amongst the media and, um, you know, look, when you're trying to build and uh, build a team from the ashes of a four win season, the last thing you need is any kind of controversy or distractions or anything like that and quite honestly every player I think was asked about Tony not being there which you know the media that's the media doing their job don't get me wrong but you know you don't want that to be a distraction because they spoke about the energy and the camaraderie and how everything was all hunky-dory and now you throw this into the mix and you know a lot of guys were just kind of dismissive about it they were like well you know that's his choice and whatnot but you don't want this to have to build up where now every time the media comes in, it becomes a question of where's Tony? What, what do you know about Tony? No, it's not about Tony. It's about the Giants. And that's what it should be. And when it becomes, when the story becomes about one guy and what he's doing or what he's not doing, that to me can be a potential problem that maybe the coaching staff wants to keep an eye on and try to keep from blowing up into a, a full-scale type of situation. So... All right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast. A couple quick notes before I say goodbye. You can check out more coverage of the minicamp at GiantsCountry.com. 
You can check out some still shots as well as some videos that I shot from the practice. I have that over on my Instagram account at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. And uh, I'm going to be putting stuff up throughout the day on uh, on Thursday. So check back frequently. I'll have a Instagram stories. Also, um, tentatively plan. I'm going to do an Insta. I'm sorry, a Twitter Spaces uh, thing. My very first Twitter Space. So uh, I think I'm going to do something like that, probably at some point on uh, on Thursday. So keep an eye out on my Twitter account. And I'll announce, I'll give you guys enough heads of a heads up as to what time I'm going to do that. But it'll be an opportunity for you to ask questions um, as we go along. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun. So, as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And we will see you tomorrow.